My name is Jenny, and I'm a wife and mom raising two kids. But I used to live a more glamorous life as a TV reporter. I was on the nightly news interviewing pop stars and politicians. So when I said goodbye to TV and hello to motherhood... I suddenly discovered what we moms are up against. We live in a world that tells us to be rich and famous, thin and successful. You know, almost nobody says, oh, hey, you're a mom? That is fabulous. But you are fabulous. And I'm here to tell you why. It's Channel Mom with Jenny Dean Schmidt. We're here for you. Oh, yes, we are. Welcome to Channel Mom on this lovely Friday. Yeah. That's right. Got it right. Hey, Jorge, welcome to the show. How come you just never share your Latin accent with people? Can you just say, hello, Jenny? Come on, I'm waiting. Do the Hello, dive. Jenny. <laughs> there you are. There's your wife's one opportunity to hear that you actually work on radio. My five minutes of fame? Yes, your five, your five minutes. <laughs> well, five, five seconds. <laughs> Thank you, Jorge. It's an honor to have you on the radio with me today. Hey, um, we're going to have a conversation today that I think is going to ruffle a few feathers, but also encourage a lot of moms and dads out there. I am going to talk about some things that have been on my heart about motherhood and family in America and what's happening to it. But I'm going to have a surprise ending. I'm probably going to say something at the very end that you do not expect me to say, especially when it comes to politics and faith. It's all because of a new book I've read by Philip Yancey. It's all his fault. It's called Vanishing Grace, and it's changed my heart and my mind about a lot of things that I was assuming about my faith and my politics. But I, I really just want to get out there and speak to the audience that is faithfully listening to us and that comes to Channel Mom to be reminded of how important they are as mothers and how important family is and uh, lift you up in some ideas that I have for you as moms and some uh, encouragement that I have for you so you can just get off the you know road after you listen to the song today or, or get off your computer and say, yeah, I needed to hear that today. But I'm also going to challenge you in one other area that you may not expect me to when it comes to politics and faith. <laughs> And I'm going to get a little controversial. So I enjoy that. All right. So I'm thinking maybe I should call my BFF, Shelly Krause, in the house because she uh, is not in the studio today. But I kind of want somebody to talk to. And I would take your calls, but we're in a position right now where we can't take calls today. Uh, so I just want you to listen and you can be uh, yelling at me from your computer or uh, from your car phone and then weigh in on Facebook if you want to. Facebook.com backslash channel mom. Uh, you can also find us at channelmom.com, and it shows you how to get a hold of me via email and everything else. I really like to hear from people via email. Oh, here is it, are we going to hear the ringing, Jorge, to calling Shelly? Oh, there it is. Will Shelly answer? Let's hope so. Hello, this is Shelly. Shelly! You're live on the radio. BFF in the house, Shelly Krause. Yes. <laughs> Did you hear Jorge? Jorge just spoke on the radio, Shell. Oh, we what? Did We're you on hear? The radio? Yeah, and Jorge just spoke. Did you hear that? He never speaks on the radio. Say hi to Shell. Hi, Shell. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, you're the winner. Yeah. Yeah. You're the winner. We called you. Yes, you're famous today. <laughs> I knew you were supposed to call me, and I thought, well, I didn't hear from her. No, no, no. Here you are, and you're going to talk with me today on the radio about mom issues, politics, and religion. How do you feel about that? 
wait, what's new? That's what we always talk about. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, let's start out, though, with a little bit of an honoring song. I, I want to I set the tone for how we feel here at Channel Mom about mothers, how Shelly and I both feel, how we think that uh, mothers are done a disservice in America because it's literally the most important job other than potentially father that you can hold in my estimation. Now there are some fabulous aunts and uncles and grandmas and grandpas out there that, that also hold very important positions in our society. I'm just saying if you have a child, mother and father, most important job you can have when you are raising children. So let's play a song just to honor the moms out there. And then Shell and I are going to get into it when it comes to some things that are really under our skin in modern society when it comes to motherhood and family and then how we go into politics and faith when it comes to that go ahead jorge play our friend stephen curtis chapman you're up all night with a screaming baby All day at the speed of life And every day you feel a little bit less Like the beautiful woman you are So you fall into bed when you run out of hours And you wonder Could you could you hear the words? I could hear the words. Shaping the world. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think sometimes in our culture where there's so much pressure to do and be so many things, especially sometimes in this season where you're expected to drive a certain kind of car, you're expected to be a certain dress size, you're expected to make a certain salary and basically be all that in a bag of chips when it comes to being a woman and be sexy and, and be this and be that and, and aim to be like, you know, Angelina and, uh, just, you know, all the pressure and all the things you're expected to do and the way that your Facebook page should look and the way that your Pinterest should look and blotty, 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 that sometimes we forget 
the in huge significance on a daily basis that a mother is committing in a life. Do you know what I mean? Well, I know, and you don't even think about it really going into it. <laughs> no, it's, You're it's just like I want a baby. Yes. Yeah, so I'm going to read some of the words from that song. It's Stephen Curtis Chapman. What a dear, dear man he is. And I, he really seems to understand motherhood. He must I have know, a great... he's got another one, right? Yes, yes. Here, here's what he says. You're up all night with a screaming baby. You run all day at the speed of life. And every day you feel a little bit less like the beautiful woman you are. So you fall into bed when you run out of hours. And you wonder if anything worth doing got done. Oh, maybe you just don't know, or maybe you've forgotten. You, you are changing the world, one little heartbeat at a time. Making history with every touch and every smile. Oh, you may not see it now, but I believe that time will tell how you, Mom, you are changing the world one little heartbeat at a time. Amen, Stephen. No, I could use that every day. I know. <laughs> I, know. I mean, I guess the, the sound, I mean, the, the song is potentially even a little bit sappy, but man, is it good. It is. Wow. Anyway, every mom out there, hear that song today. Um, I think the song's called One Heartbeat at a Time, if you want to go look it up and just play it as your anthem before you drag yourself out of bed by Stephen Curtis Chapman. And, and, and here's the point that I think Shell and I want to go to, and I want Shell to weigh in. And then I want to go to the more touchy subject of when you're pro-family and when you're pro-life and all those things that people expect you to be if you're on Christian radio and you love family and moms, what do you do with the popular culture? And where do you marry your, your belief uh, in family and in God with how you affect the popular culture? And I think you're going to be surprised by some things I say. I may, <laughs> I may get a few phone calls on this one. Um, so, Shell, let's go there. I mean, you just said you don't even think about it when you have a baby. You're like, I just want a baby. Yeah. And, and so you think there's like a non-intentionality now about motherhood and family the, and, and marriage even the way there did not used to be a non-intentionality? Oh, absolutely. There's a non-intentionality. But I kind of had that, too. I mean, I was in my 20s. That yeah. was just—and I was a believer at the time. But it was the first time, even though I had already was following Jesus, but it was the first time that I had realized, oh, my goodness, I will die for this uh-huh. little human. I will die for uh-huh. this human. Oh, my goodness, my God in heaven allowed his son to die for me. Oh, that's where, what you're saying is that's where your faith became more real when, once you had a baby? Yes. It was that translate to think about. And w- would I allow, would I sacrifice my son for other people who, who were evil and ugly and mean? No. But yeah. God did. Yeah. For me. Yeah, okay, so it made your faith resonate. That's interesting. Absolutely. And, and I think I think a lot of moms, I mean, I was one of those women that would really didn't have, I wasn't following Jesus and I didn't have a faith, in, I wasn't Christian. Um, I had sort of kind of a vague faith in God. But once I had a baby, then I began to say, oh, hold the phone. Um, I want to b- raise my child up to believe in g- a good God and, and the one who created him. And, and I began to seek out Christ. Um, but, but I think that happens for a lot of moms and dads. Even those who don't believe, they, w- they want their kids to have faith. They want to bring their kids to vacation Bible school, even if they're not following God at all, you know? That's, yeah. And so I yeah. think kids do change you. So, so here's something else I want to say. I give a speech, and, and Precious Shelley, she is the true BFF because she's come to a billion of my speeches with me just to hear the same speech over and over. But I give a couple now. Jorge's laughing because he can see just see my little loyal Shelley there um, being quiet, listening to Jenny. Um, I, I give a speech, and Shelley, I don't think you've heard me give this speech yet, but it, 
I call it the most important lesson that a mom teaches. And, and by the end of the speech, I say, by the way, it's the most important lesson anybody can teach on the planet. It's just that moms usually have the responsibility for it. And, and I trace it through the whole speech, the way in which a mom almost exclusively, but of course dads come into this too, and I'm sure Jorge would tell me that and my own husband would tell me that, but a mom almost exclusively is responsible for teaching children about love. They're, that's the place children learn how to love. That's the place ch- children learn how to forgive. That's the place they learn how to uh, express love, you know, physically in appropriate ways and, and mentally in appropriate ways. And, and if the mom isn't teaching them about true love, what real love means, whether it be romantic, whether it be friendship, whether it be familial, whether it be for God, they're not getting that lesson. You know, I just reviewed a book today that, that our friend Josie had given me uh, called Ghosts from the Nursery, I believe it was called. And it's all about, they've now discovered that, that serial killers and, and sociopaths, if they didn't get that love nurturing from a mother from the time they were zero to two, and I'm sure a dad could have substituted in that job as well. If, the, if a child doesn't get that early parent love, th- that is where they, they become a psycho killer. No, no oh. kidding. Oh, sure. There's a disconnect. Yeah. There's no human attachment. Yeah. And yet we kind of put, I mean, you go and watch TV tonight. I challenge you. Or go to the movie theater. They, they pay lip service to love. And, and, and I mean, I'm sorry. They pay lip service to parenting and to motherhood and fatherhood. But the mo- for the most part, they, they make fun of it. And they make oh. fun of the parent, right? And they belittle parents are, it. Parents are idiots. Yeah. They belittle yeah. parenting. They, they say kids know it all. Um, they, they Often the parent dies, especially in Disney movies. Not a big fan of Disney. But they often die off in a Disney movie. Um, they are you know, belittled in their importance for affecting the child. Um, our popular culture is wooing you know, 30, 40, and 50-year-olds to all kinds of other things besides being a good parent. So, well, and love is, is equated. It, love is sex in our yeah. In our media yeah. culture, not love. That's right. That's right. Good. That's good, Shell. So the sacrificial love that a mom gives day in and day out, kind of like the foot washing that Jesus left us to do. He said it, this was so important, and yet moms are the ones that do that, and we don't pay any credence to that, you know? Moms are doing exactly what Jesus asked us to do, is to get down on our knees and wash people's feet, you know? That, that kind of sacrificial love, right? Every day. Every single day, and wiping up blood and wiping up the stuff that comes out of bottoms, <laughs> you know, yeah. all, all that stuff. And, and yet it is a belittled role in our society. And I think you and I would go to the next step and say, family is belittled in our society and marriage is belittled in our society, right? It is. Yeah. It is. Well, I, marriage is belittled in our society as far as the lifelong commitment that yeah. it takes. Yeah. People still get married for a while and then they get married again. For a while. Yeah. And neither you or I, and again, I told you I've got a surprise ending to all this. Because oh. if somebody's feeling judged today and if somebody's feeling like, well, since I don't have the perfect family and I, I've been divorced, I don't get to listen to Channel Mom, absolutely not. That's not where I'm going. You're going to be surprised by the end of what I'm going to say. But, I, I so, okay, so let's talk about this really quick before we go to break and then we'll come back to the faith and religion part. What about, Shell, what about when you and I stand up with our, with our you know, little children in our happy marriages and in our little churches and say, we really just believe in family and marriage and, and babies and, and um, you know, keeping your babies instead of aborting them. And, and we just, we're very pro-family and we want marriages to work. What about when we stand up and we take that stand? How does much of society view people like you and me? 
oh, that we're haters and we're bigots. Yeah. Yeah. It's That's not, how they view it. It's not okay to say that you're a fan of traditional family, right? Not in today's society, don't you think? I mean, it's in schools and jobs and workforce and everywhere that's out there. It's just my children, my children's friends are surprised that my children's parents are married to each other. Really? They really are surprised? Yeah. Yeah, They're like, wait, your parents are married to each other? Yes. (laughs) Wow. I don't think it's gotten that bad where I am. Of course, I'm in rural America and you're not really in rural America anymore. Um, but yeah, yeah, and and also fewer people than ever before are getting married. Um, I yeah. just heard from our friend Josh yeah. on, on our past radio station, Shell. I just heard from our friend Josh. He's getting married. Oh, nice. But I was shocked because th- there's a group there uh, where we used to work where yeah. it's it's everybody's living together. Nobody's getting well, he, married. Yeah, he put it off for a while. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's. That is exactly what's happening in this generation. Yet, when you talk to our friends, the Egeriches of Love and Respect, they say that more people than ever before want to get married. They're just afraid of it. Yes, because their parents are divorced. Right. 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 And, and so he, I think you and I both know that even though we've struggled, look, folks, neither Shelley nor I would say we have perfect marriages or perfect children. And we've struggled like other people. We have. We went through a party life, you know, when we were younger. We did, we did all the stuff you've done for the most part, you know. I didn't yeah. rob a bank, but you know what I mean? <laughs> and I don't know how many bank robbers we have that listen to the show. But if you did, stay around because you're going to like the rest of what I have to say. But, but I think you and I both also believe that family is the building block of our society. And you can prove it in the research. Kids that come out of uh, stable family homes where, with two parents um, who stayed married are uh, more likely to stay in school. They're less likely to commit suicide. They're more likely to uh, be well off financially. They're less likely to suffer from poverty. They're less likely to go to jail. Uh, they're more likely to graduate. I mean, every last little thing, if, if you have a solid building block of family, it still works just as it did when God created it thousands of years ago. And uh, how do we come full circle where we encourage people in family and, and love them in their marriages or love them unmarried wherever they're at and still be pro-family without being painted as bigots. You, you, you understand the question I'm presenting? Yeah, and I think, you know, deep down everybody believes that. They all yearn for family? Yes. Yeah. And they know. And even by wanting to be married or be in a committed long-term relationship, even if they never get married, that's family. That's the first family. Yeah. The husband and wife. Yeah. And there's a reason God called it father and son. There's a reason he put the labels of father and son in his own trinity. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because that's how important the family is. All right, we're going to come right back, and Shell and I are going to get to the political thing, because I think what happens is politics ruins all this, and it ruins people's ability to come to God to get healing in the area of family. It, ugh, it wrecks it. And so we're going to try to fix it today. So stick around for the rest of this conversation right here on Channel Mom. Changing the world One little heartbeat at a time Making history with every touch And every smile of you 
If you are a mom who wants your kids to grow up and love going to the dentist, then I have to tell you about Pediatric Dental Group of Colorado. As a one-time patient myself and now the mother of patients, I know firsthand they understand the unique needs of children, especially when it comes to the subject of dentistry. Dr. Strange and Dr. Cathers not only care about making the dental visit fun and rewarding, they also strive to help children learn to be good dental patients. They do this by coaching the child and the parent, encouraging good oral health care, and providing high-quality dental treatment. This is accomplished in a fun and child-friendly atmosphere. All of the pediatric dentists and orthodontists have two years of additional training beyond dental school. They are board certified and specialize in the dental care of infants, children, and young adults. The dental team is uniquely qualified to take care of your child during their dental visit. The Pediatric Dental Group is proud to have locations in Arvada, Wheat Ridge, Lakewood, Lafayette, and Evergreen. You have to find out more, and you can do so at pediatricdentalgroupco.com. These days, couples will work for just about anything, from communication to companionship, from fun to love, from passion and purpose to good old intimacy. (sighs) What are you willing to work for? For a better marriage, come to a relationship workshop sponsored by the Colorado Healthy Marriage Project. To learn more, visit mary-well.org or call 720-488-8888 because relationship education works. Funding provided by U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, ACF Grant 90, FE 0051. Any opinions, findings, and conclusions are those of the author. like you said, Shell, so many women just want a baby to hold. Yeah. And what goes wrong after that? You know, um, family is a great thing, but it's a hard thing and it's being wrecked in America. Uh, so Shelly and I only have five minutes left, but I want to get into this last part of the conversation. Shell, you and I both have a heart for helping moms, for helping families, for being pro family. But what happens, I think, in the mix, and Philip Yancey has got a brand new book out called Vanishing Grace that has convinced me of what I'm about to say. What happens in the mix is that when you become pro-family, and let's just go there and say things like pro-life and pro-traditional marriage and all those things that people expect us to be politically when we're on Christian radio, okay? When you go there and you want to support family and you want to nurture marriage, people think that you're a Christian who's hating everybody else who isn't in that ideal family situation. Right? Okay. They, they think we're bigots. Philip Yancey, yeah. who, who sent me his book very sweetly and autographed it, not because I'm a great person, but because he's a great person, he writes about how resentful people are of Christians now. And, and statistics show and research shows they no longer respect Christians. Mm-hmm. They say, you don't listen to me. You judge me. Your, your faith confuses me. You talk about what's wrong instead of making it right. Okay? So when you and I get on our, our soapboxes and say, we want families to stay together and we want marriages to work and, and we want a woman and a man to give birth to children and then have it be a, you know, a nuclear family that stays together and works and, and, and all these other ways don't work as well. Okay? We, we, tell me what we get painted as. We're, again, haters and bigots. Haters and bigots. Yeah. And here's the thing Yancey taught me, Shell, and it ripped me apart. I, he gave me a comeuppance essentially and said in his book, Jenny, you can no longer equate your faith in God with a particular political stance 
a political, a political party, a political safety net where you get to say, hi, this is, these are my political views. So I'm on God's side. Right. Because we cannot love people for God if we're going to take a stance against them with God due to our politics. And he showed me, he, he, he has this little quote from, uh, is it Henry Nguyen? Is it Henri Nguyen? Nguyen. Thank you. Yeah. Henry Nguyen. At his home in Toronto, he just returned from San Francisco. This is what Philip Yancey is writing, where he mm-hmm. spent a week in an AIDS clinic visiting patients who, in the days before Antri and the, the drugs they now use, faced a certain and agonizing death. Yeah. I'm a priest, and as part of my job, I listen to people's story, he told Philip Yancey. So I went up and down the ward asking the patients, most of them young men, if they wanted to talk. Nguyen went on to say, Nguyen went on to say that his prayers changed after that week. As he listened to accounts of promiscuity and addiction and self-destructive behavior, he heard hints of a thirst for the love that had never been quenched. He said, God, help me to see others not as my enemies or as ungodly, but as thirsty people. Mm-hmm. And I think, Shell, and I think you'll agree with this, when you and I get in our little safe, faith, you know, pro-God, political party zone, we divide. And we forget to love all those people um, who are different from us and pro-gay marriage and pro-choice and all of those things that, that we would oppose politically due to our faith, okay? And we forget to love them for God and instead we divide ourselves. Is that not true? That is true. We do do that. But you spoke of something earlier today on another conversation, much like this one, where a lot of those people that are different from us, and if you can remember that when you're in that place, they are seeking love. Yeah. And that's what, that's what Nowen said. I have to, and by the way, we've got 30 seconds. I, I have to love them. I yeah. have to love them. I, I cannot make them my enemy or make them a different political party or say, you don't love Jesus like I love Jesus, so there's something wrong with you. I have to say, no, 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 no. Jesus called me to love you no matter what. We no longer are divided. I'm supposed to give you a cup of cold water. Right, Shelly? Amen. Yeah, God bless you. Thanks for being on the show with me today. Thank you. All right, honey. We'll be right back with Channel Mom. Hi, this is Jenny, and I want to introduce you to my friend, Michelle Walters. She's a mom to three kids, so she understands that when you buy a home, you want a place where your family can build beautiful memories. As a real estate broker, Michelle can help you find the place you love coming home to, the right home at the best price. Whether you want to buy or sell, start your home search with Michelle Walters at SuburbanDenverProperties.com. You can also find Michelle's weekly blog, The Thinking Mom, on ChannelMom.com. These days, couples will work for just about anything, from communication to companionship, from fun to love, from passion and purpose to good old intimacy. (sighs) What are you willing to work for? For a better marriage, come to a relationship workshop sponsored by the Colorado Healthy Marriage Project. To learn more, visit mary-well.org or call 720-488-8888 because relationship education works. Funding provided by U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, ACF Grant 90, FE 51. Any opinions, findings, and conclusions are those of the author. I hope that helped you to realize that we all just need to love people no matter where they're at and not divide, uh, but choose love instead. God bless you, Mom, for all you do to raise your children well and give them a good life. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to Channel Mom with Jenny Dean Schmidt. Find podcasts, clips, blogs, and contact information at channelmom.com.